How are we all doing? Okay. Figure out where I'm at up here. They're bright lights. That's a good welcome. And how many of you, this is your first time at BASIC? That's awesome. We are extremely glad you're here. We're excited. Um, beautiful night. We're excited for the party on the lawn after. Um, and I'm excited to share God's truth. So, um, My name's Carter Moore. For those of you who don't know me, it seems like a lot in the room. I saw a lot of hands go up. I worked for Orchard Hill Church, and I also worked for Nazareth Lutheran Church. So I work for two churches, and I do college ministry. So I'm part of the amazing team that puts on BASIC each week here on campus. So it's a privilege to be a part of that. Um, before we get going here tonight, I'm actually going to need a volunteer. And before you raise your hand, Anna, um, <laughs> I'm going to need... <laughs> she was the, only, the first and only hand that shot up. Uh, I'm going to need a $20 bill. Emily? <laughs> Her fiancé said, are you kidding me? She just took it out of the ATM. Thanks for that. I sound like a dragon, don't I? Yes. So, I don't know about you guys, but that uh, worship music was just what I needed. I've kind of had a stressful week getting ready for uh, basic, um, students back, we've been in the union a couple days, it's just kind of been chaos. Um, in addition to that, my, my life at home um, is kind of crazy as well. Um, I want to give you a sneak peek into my life. Three weeks ago, we moved into our new home here in Cedar Falls. Um, we built a home, custom home, which means we picked out every single detail down to the, like, the drawer poles. So if you've ever gone through that experience or your parents have, it's, it's can be kind of a stressful, excuse me, stressful situation. Um, when we moved in the house, it wasn't completely finished either. It still isn't done, um, but we finally feel settled here in the community. I grew up here in Cedar Falls, graduated from Cedar Falls High School, and, uh, oh, he jumped ahead of me. thought you guys were on me. Um, so three weeks ago, we moved in. Three weeks before that, this happened. My, uh, my son was born. <laughs> I didn't really do much, but um, this is Isaac Stephen Moore. He was born on July 17th, and uh, there's nothing you can really say to describe the feeling of watching your child being born. It's unbelievable. That's unlike anything I've experienced here on this earth. Um, he's such a blessing in our life already, and his three older siblings are just loving him. So it's been a great, a great thing. It's kind of kept us in balance. Um, now the reality part, the kind of the craziness. We should have a picture. Oh, yes. Look at that. Look at my son. His tooth is gone. <laughs> so this is my family. Um, the photo actually turned out really good. But what you, don't see going, what you don't see going on is the kind of the chaos that's happening in the background. Um, backstory. For the last seven months while our house was being built, um, I started last October working here. We used to live in Urbana, kind of the Cedar Rapids Marion area. And we, uh, we rented a house here in town, and it was, a, it was an amazing thing that it um, opened up to us. Uh, we were able to stay here in town. But the deal was it was a 900-square-foot home, and it had two bedrooms, 
and it had one bathroom. And we had a family of five. So three kids in one, be one bedroom, five kids in one bathroom. Some of you live in the dorm life and with roommates can understand what I'm getting at here. And then, uh, then we had a baby and we were still in the little tiny home. So naturally, my wife wanted to get a family photo done right away while the baby still looks like a baby. So we did that. Um, so I want you to just kind of imagine trying to get six people, including a baby, ready for a photo shoot um, in that tiny little quarters. That's what's going on in our life. So away we went to a local park there. I don't know if you guys have uh, been out to Hartman Reserve Park before. That's where we're at. It's a beautiful place. If you haven't been, check it out. Um, but here's what's going on. That's the setting. Right after this picture is taken, um, Isaac starts screaming. So my wife starts breastfeeding right there in the park, outdoors on the bench at the public park. Yes, you can laugh. Um, then Kale, my uh, oldest son, <laughs> yeah, my oldest son says, Dad, I got to go pee. And we're, you know, a quarter mile from the bathroom, and he, obviously, he can't make it, so he's just going to fire right there. Uh, <laughs> and um, then my other son, Eli, he's playing in the mud on the side, and he gets mud all over his white shirt, and then he says, Dad, I got to pee too, because obviously his older brother's peeing. So he joins in on the fun. Yep, so here's my two, two half-naked boys <laughs> peeing off this overlook, and all I'm thinking is, please, please, nobody walk by right now. I don't even understand how I would start trying to apologize for what's happening. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously we have a photographer along. I can't even fathom what they're thinking about our family right now. <laughs> and me being a great dad, I'm cell phone taking the pictures, <laughs> capturing the moment. <laughs> so I'm kind of a kid at heart. Um, I heard the comedian Jim Gaffigan say once that having four children is like swimming in the deep end of the pool, treading water with all three of your children on your back, and someone walks up to the deep end and throws you a baby and says, here, don't drown. So that's kind of what having four kids is like. <laughs> so this particular story that I just shared with you really has nothing to do with my teaching tonight, um, but I want to share with you a verse. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, and it says, we loved you dearly, so dearly that we gave you not only God's message, but our own lives. So I did that because I want to share part of my life with you. I want you to know that I'm a real person, that I desire to not be a pompous, judgmental Christian, to be a good dad, to be a good husband, but I screw things up. I'm a human being. So I want to tell you a little bit more about the screw-up part. It wasn't too long ago, and I... Uh, met someone here, I think it was Taylor. Where are you at, Taylor? I met her during four minutes of fellowship. Yeah, back there. Taylor said, uh, we started talking, and she said, so what year are you here at UNI? <laughs> so, kind of made my day. <laughs> I'm, I'm 32, so I have four kids, so that was awesome. Um, but it wasn't that long ago that I stepped on campus here as a freshman. I was an 18-year-old punk. I thought I was too cool for school. And apparently I was too cool for school. Because after my first semester, I got kicked out of UNI. Um, my GPA was 0.6. That's a true story. It's okay to laugh. I say that every year. It's okay to laugh. Uh, I got caught up in the party scene. Drinking led to drugs. Those drugs led to more drugs. A year later, I was working a minimum wage job, and I was piling up credit card debt. And I found out the news that I was going to be a dad. I was 19 years old at that time. Fast forward a couple of years and I found myself doing something that I still have a hard time explaining to people today. 
When you watch a movie and there's a king involved, what do the people do when they come before a king? They bow. They bow um, to humble themselves. It's out of respect, out of reverence. So one night in my apartment, shortly after my 21st birthday, I found myself bowing before a king. Except instead of being on my knees, I found myself laying face down on the ground, sobbing, asking for forgiveness for all the stupid stuff I'd done. This king I'm talking about is Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not certain, but it's extremely likely that I would not be standing here tonight if I didn't have this encounter with Jesus. I'm not saying that you have to have a big experience like that to have Jesus be a part of your life, but for me, I needed a radical change in my life. Jesus was that radical change. I'm here right now on this stage because of Jesus. Without him, I wouldn't be here. The basic community wouldn't exist. The other great ministries on campus that some of you may have experienced already this week, they wouldn't be here either. So Jesus changed my life. And when I look back on my life and I examine it and just see what happened, I can clearly see that God was working my, in my life all along. And that's our mission here for BASIC, to help you see that Jesus is working in your life, even if you don't see it right now, and he's working in the lives of others as well. So I wanted to start there to make it clear why we do what we do. This is a lot of work to make this happen um, on campus, um, especially a day like today when there's the president's party on the lawn and it's 90 or 100 degrees or however hot it was out. It's a lot of work, and it takes a lot of people and a lot of behind-the-scenes people and volunteers to make it happen. But it's worth it. We do it for Jesus, and we do it because of, because of Jesus. So if that's the only thing you take away from tonight's teaching, that's a great start. Our first teaching series of the year is called Undesirable, and uh, we're borrowing the teaching series from a great organization called YouthWorks, and we're going to be walking through the Gospels of Luke and John, and we're going to talk about what happens um, in people's lives when we see other people the way God sees us. So I'm going to kick off the series tonight talking about a man named Zacchaeus, and I want to talk about how Jesus changed the way Zacchaeus lived his life. So this is the point here where if you have a Bible, you can open it to the Gospel of Luke. If you've got it on your phone, that's great. Um, we're going to go to chapter 19, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Now, this is important. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's okay. It should be on the screen. That's good. It's working. Um, and you don't have to bring a Bible to be a part of this community and to come to basic. You don't even have to read your Bible, Okay. I need you to clearly understand that. We don't expect every single person here to be following Jesus. And that doesn't mean you're not welcome. Every single person is welcome here. So Luke chapter 19, um, I suppose I better find it here before we get going. Verses 1 through 10. So I'm going to read through it once, um, and then we'll dig a little deeper in here, here into the story. Verse 1, as Jesus was passing through Jericho, a man named Zacchaeus, one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business, and of course a very rich man, tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and he climbed into a sycamore tree beside the road to watch from there. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down, for I'm going to be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus hurriedly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. 
but the crowds were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, Sir, from now on I will give half my wealth to the poor, and if I find I have overcharged anyone on his taxes, I will penalize myself by giving him back four times as much. Jesus told him, This shows that salvation has come to this home today. This man was one of the lost sons of Abraham, and I, the Messiah, have come to search for and save souls such as his. So let's, uh, let's look at verses 1 through 3 again. As Jesus was passing through Jericho, a man named Zacchaeus, one of the most influential Jews in Roman tax collecting business, and of course a very rich man, tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So there's some important things here uh, we want to talk about. First, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Not only that, he was a pretty successful one. Um, the writer of the Gospel, Luke, points out that he was wealthy. Um, notice, too, that it's clearly stated that he was a Jew working for the Romans. So he was taxing the Jews, but he was working for the Romans and profiting from it. In addition, it uh, makes it clear that he was short. We don't know how short, but he was short enough that he couldn't see Jesus. So what did Zacchaeus do? Verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree beside the road to watch from there. Sometimes the crowd of followers gets in the way of Jesus. I want to say that again. Sometimes the crowd of followers gets in the way of Jesus. That's still happening today, isn't it? Zacchaeus wanted so badly just to get a look, a glimpse at Zacchaeus that he did whatever it took. He ran ahead, he climbed a tree. Look at verse 5. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down, for I'm going to be a guest in your home today. So Jesus notices Zacchaeus in the tree, sees him there. He knows that Zacchaeus went out of his way just to get a look at him. And he just wants to catch a glimpse, like I said, just to see his face. And then Jesus does something, and it says it specifically. Jesus calls him by name. Jesus calls every single one of you, including myself, by name. Verse 6. Zacchaeus hurriedly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. When you spend time with Jesus, is it filled with great excitement and joy? Verse 7. And here's the big buzzkill. But the crowds were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. So there's four other times in the Gospel of Luke that Luke talks about tax collectors and then shows the example of how Jesus treated them. Every time he treats them with love. And I told you earlier, Zacchaeus had pointed out that he was a Jew working for the Romans, taxing the Jews. So he was a traitor, in essence. A Jewish tax collector taking advantage of his position to become wealthy. But this is what is so beautiful about the character of God. Jesus, in front of the crowd, in front of the masses, invites Zacchaeus to the dinner table. And then what happens? The crowd rumbles. And they point out that Zacchaeus is a notorious sinner. Not just a sinner, but a notorious sinner. As if that somehow matters. Jesus doesn't care. He sees that Zacchaeus is interested in who he is, and he invites him to be a part of that. Christians, 
I'm talking directly to you right now, and I'm talking to myself. We need to stop trying to be Jesus. Instead, we need to commit our lives to be like Jesus. We need to stop telling people who are in, who is in, and who's out of the Jesus club. We need to stop trying to decide who is allowed to break bread with Jesus. We need to stop trying to decide whose sin is greater than ours. We need to invite people to know Jesus and let the Spirit of God transform them. So in our new home that I was telling you about, we've been in there for about three weeks, um, we don't have a single mirror on any, in any of our rooms, bathrooms or anything. So every morning when I leave the house, I have no idea what I look like. And uh, it's actually been just what I needed. Now my wife, she might disagree, but, um, but it's been a great reminder for me to, to know the truth that God sees me differently than I see myself. When I look in the mirror, I see things that I'd like to change. I don't see God's truth. Okay, now let's go to verse 8. This is where things start to really get crazy. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, Sir, from now on, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And if I find I have overcharged anyone on his, on his taxes, I will penalize myself by giving him back four times as much. So we see a, a, an instant transformation in the life of Zacchaeus. He declares publicly that he will share his wealth and right anyone whom he's wronged. He offers to pay back anyone he's wronged with four times the amount. Now the Old Testament law said that anyone who was robbed would be paid back with the highest penalty the law allows, which was a fourfold rate. So this $20 bill that Emily gave me a few minutes ago then turns into four $20 bills. And so what Zacchaeus did, he was transformed by Jesus and he gladly wanted to give his money away. So I'm going to do the same thing. Maybe we'll have more volunteers next time. <laughs> now, if you're not sure what to do with that money, the story right after this story, after Zacchaeus, will give you a pretty good game plan. So that's your homework for tonight. So what does Jesus do for us? Jesus does something much bigger than paying off our debt fourfold. Jesus pays the biggest price you can pay. He pays with his life. He dies on a cross for your debt, for my debt, and our debt is sin. And when he was raised from the dead, Jesus paid back your debt using a multiplication table that we can't understand in this world. Finally, let's look at the last two verses, verses 9 and 10. Jesus told him, this shows that salvation has come to this home today. This man was one of the lost sons of Abraham, and I, the Messiah, have come to search for and to save souls such as his. You see, Jesus saw Zacchaeus for his heart. He didn't see a vertically challenged, filthy rich trader. The way that Jesus saw Zacchaeus is the exact same way Jesus sees every one of you that's in the room tonight. Jesus doesn't care if you have a lot of money. He doesn't care if you have a drinking problem. He doesn't care if you have a sin in your past that you think is too big, too notorious. Jesus died for your sins. He didn't die for certain ones. He died for every single one of them. 
And so my hope tonight as you leave, you can think about that truth. And know that Jesus desires you just the way you are. Amen. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. They're going to close us in worship. If you guys would take a moment and pray with me, that would be great. God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Thank you for your truth we find in in the Bible. Um, Thank you for helping us experience who you are through the Holy Spirit and being a part of people's lives. It's such a privilege. I pray that as we leave this room tonight, in each of our hearts, your Holy Spirit would work in us and remind us that we're loved just the way we are. And then with that, God, will you just help us see other people the same way and love them for who they are and where they're at. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.